Hey guys, good evening. It's good to see you. Friends, brothers, countrymen, lend me your ears for a few minutes, right? It's, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's tough and clunky to uh, miss a few weeks, but I'm coming back refreshed uh, after just getting a little time off. Um, uh, there's just sometimes we need a break to get some refreshment, don't we? Uh, we got down for a little sunshine and fun and a road trip through the desert in Arizona and and uh, just it was just really great and I needed it so thank you guys for the liberty to take a break and so we're back on track tonight so um, I'm excited for this evening I'm excited for the discussions and and where they may go for you um, this has been uh, a message that's been brewing in me for uh, some time now and um, I'd like to uh, just start it out with a little bit of a, a story. Um, uh, I've got a, a history in uh, backpacking. Ironically, it's uh, high school spring break for my, my daughters and my kids. Um, my spring breaks in high school uh, weren't spent in uh, growing up in Atlanta. They weren't spent in uh, Panama City or Myrtle Beach doing whatever teenagers do in those places. Um, my spring breaks were actually up on the Appalachian Trail. I was still, I had a pretty stellar uh, Boy Scout troop, and uh, I was a part of that, and we would literally strap on backpacks, and, and my, every one of my spring breaks through high school was backpacking on the Appalachian Trail, and we would do 50 milers up through North Georgia and into Carolinas, and, um, and so, you know, that history of backpacking for me is just a joy, and and to be able to, uh, you know, celebrate that, you know, with my, uh, with my kids now, it's, it's a joy. Uh, one of those stories um, that's part of just a little bit of my, my family history is uh, my uncle is actually considered the most famous um, of all backpackers. He, uh, he is, um, he's hiked the Appalachian Trail, which is 2,142.5 miles, more than anybody ever. And he actually writes the uh, through hikers guide that you'll find in you know REI and other places. And so, uh, so during one of my high school summers, I hiked uh, the Shenandoah National Park as a 14-year-old, uh, and that included me at 14. If you can imagine your sons, uh, my mom dropping me off at the Amtrak station to uh, take a train all the way up into D.C. hike um, with my backpack and my freshly buzz cut over to the bus station a mile and a half away to take a train a bus over to Waynesboro and then have to hike across Waynesboro to uh, find my uncle uh, at the fire station. And then we hiked 120 miles through Shenandoah. So, so all of that to say is that I'm a guy who likes seeing the path in front of me. Uh, I like projects. I like things with a clear goal and a destination and my history being on the trail and being outdoors uh, is something deeply resonates in me with, uh, with the pilgrimage that we're on as believers. The life is a journey, and not only is it, it's in where we're going, but also who we're going with. And, uh, and so, you know, that's a little bit of what we share uh, here in the net, but it's not quite as fun as being outdoors. So... Um, you know, that, that has become a reality for me and, and a new tradition for my kids. This summer, uh, you know, we went up and, and um, to uh, uh, 
hike uh, with our kids and uh, and Tommy and his uh, business um, leads a thousand kids on trek a six day backpacking experience with a bunch of high schoolers from all over the country and so I get to do that with my kids and you know one of those experiences as you can imagine is 12 and 14 year old you know girls uh, carrying their own backpack and the experience of going all the way from uh, you know six seven thousand feet up to a 14er Um, and man it's quite a journey and so to be able to do that as a dad to be up at the top with my girls is is a destination but you know there are definitely moments along that trek that um, my girls want to quit. As I look around at the team of 24 that's going up, there's definitely moments where, man, this are you nuts? This is hard. <laughs> the gear is too much. I got blisters on my feet. Are you kidding? It's 5.15 in the morning. I can't even see where I'm going. Who said anything about snow in July, right? And And so... You know, there's so much of that that is like our Christian life, um, but it's at the same time, it's just the path and staying on the path and in pursuit of that. And I just invite you guys to look at this tonight. Um, as I've shared with you, this, this journey into the Proverbs uh, really was captured for me um, in, in uh, the wisdom way, which I'll... Um, is out of uh, Proverbs 4, and if you've got your Bibles, uh, take a look at that with me. And, and this really resonates deeply uh, for me, a lot of, because of my history that I just shared about being outside, uh, backpacking, and being on the trail of life. But particularly out of Proverbs 4, if you look at this in verse 10, listen, my son, and any time, especially in the Proverbs, you see this. It, it is a language. How many sons are here in the room tonight? Right? Yeah. So listen, my son, that includes me. Accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I will guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along the straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. (laughs) Pretty serious business. And so to go back to the imagery of climbing to the top, um, uh, last last fall, uh, Dave Jewett came and uh, gave just some wonderful imagery of that. And he gave three examples of the type of men that he's seen in his life. And And we go through different seasons, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and when we hit those transition points, we're asking different kind of questions because we're facing different kind of challenges. But even in that, he made three observations of the type of men that he's seen. And the first one he calls is a group of quitters, of guys that have just looked out there. If I could, Michael, if I could see that first image, that you're looking out there and are you going, are you nuts? I mean, how in the world, it's just too far, it's too hard, it's too rocky, because there are moments that we feel like that, that it's just too far. And so we just give up and we quit on whatever that pursuit is. And then there's a next group that he calls campers. I like that, because, I mean, my goodness, the weather's coming in, and let's hurry up and get your tent up, and 
you know, get the fly up and, you know, hot food and I think we're good. You know, we'll, we'll just, we'll just stay right here, you know. And a lot of guys that just, they've made that little ascent and they just plateau and, and they're good. You know, I look around and, hey, I'm doing better than most of the other guys, so I'm good. And those are the campers, the guys that are on that plateau. And then there's a group of guys, and as I look around the room tonight, I see you men that are the climbers. That The peak is still up there. Maybe we hit a couple false peaks along the way, but we're still climbing. And so the questions tonight is in regards to just your path of pursuit of wisdom. What are you guys pursuing? And that's not a, you know, an arbitrary question. I mean, truly, when you look at how much time you spend in the day, just, just pause for a minute in the midst of the talk and look at your day and look at your week. What are you pursuing? What represents the bulk of your time? Yeah, it's in work, but even in the midst of your work, what, think about what you're pursuing. What is, the, what is the peak or the mountaintop where you're pursuing? Or is it just, is your pursuit status quo? Or is it to avoid challenges or to avoid your boss or, you know, your wife? Or, <laughs> I mean, what, what and, and I would just ask you guys, write it down. What is that, what is that thing that you're pursuing? And then I would ask another question, why are you pursuing that? What's the motivation behind the what, and why are you pursuing that? Now, these questions are not for me. These are for you tonight, and that you need to really write this down because this is the the direction that you're at. I've shared before, and I love this, Carrie and I get out usually once, sometimes twice a week for a little lunch date, and we did today. It was great. We have a little traditional Chinese place that we go and get over there, you know, once a month, and it's a treat, and it's really fun because we always get the same thing, and probably the reason we always get the same thing is whenever we walk into the Chinese place, the little guy walks up and he goes, you're usual, and he writes it down, and it's just like, that's cool, (laughs) and so he always brings out the right stuff, and it's great. Well, the fortune cookie that I got today, so now we're we're reduced down to fortune cookies tonight, is, it says, and Carrie just looked at me, and he goes, like, are you kidding? You know, if you don't if you don't change the direction of your heading, you'll get where you're going. <laughs> and so, guys, where are you headed, right? And so, what are you pursuing? Why are you pursuing it? But what I'd really like to focus on tonight, as you write down the answers to those questions, and in regards to what I'd like to to have you focus on tonight, is out of Proverbs one is how are you pursuing it? How, what is the tenaciousness of how you're pursuing your what and your why because of your why? And, and what is the intensity of your motivation or your drive to what you're pursuing? Now, why do I raise that question? Why I raise that question is in light of the scriptures. December 1st, 2012, just a few months back, I'm just up and reading like I usually do, like many of you guys do, and 
And I see these words, sharp, clear, distinctive words. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. And there's that word, listen, listen, listen. As I'm reading, reflecting, hearing the word, there's a rhythm to the scriptures, a melody that plays from the words of a father. I listen carefully and hear the cadence of ing. I-N-G. I've never seen this before. And this is just me in a posture of quiet, listening to the Lord. And I, and I saw this and I responded to this. And this is what you're seeing here tonight. It is that as I read through Proverbs 1 through 7, I'm listening for the undertones of the message of the scripture. And I invite you guys to look at this in your own Bibles and read this. Because this is the how you're pursuing what it, what what is the the, the 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 energy level or the drive to those who have quit or who those who are camping or those who are climbing now, and let's let's look at the text when i read this thing i feel like i'm making it up but it, it is right here in proverbs 1 written some 3000 years ago The call of these words spark an action today. The wisdom of these words stand through time, yet unlocking their treasure remains today on a posture of pursuit. The complacency of fools will destroy them. Quitters. To stagnate or stalemate, to be crippled with fear of circumstance, leads us down the path of slothfulness, laziness, and waywardness of the fool. Yet we wait on the Lord while we are in active pursuit of him. And you guys can look at those scriptures. Isaiah 40, verse 31, and Jeremiah 9, 23. So let's look and listen closely at the words of ING. Ten words in Proverbs 1 to activate us today. And here they are. Attaining, understanding, acquiring, doing, giving, Listening, learning, discerning, understanding, and beginning. Whatever or wherever you are today, no matter the posture or circumstance or pain, no matter your waywardness, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Today, his mercies are new. Turn, activate your faith. Turn from fear of circumstance rather to be in the fear of the Lord. There you are to find the promises of wisdom, discipline, insight, prudence, right, just, fair, learning, discernment, guidance, understanding, and knowledge. And the path of wisdom starts in pursuit of him. And he is patient, patient to place a garland to grace you, to adorn your neck like a father to a son or daughter. He is waiting to bless you, listening to the ING. Start now and take a step towards him. And guys, I just charge you with these words, and I just go through this reading in this manner just to invite you, whether it's tomorrow or at some point during this week, just to get quiet before the Lord and look at these action words. These action words somehow took on a little different flavor as I looked at them again today because on a road trip to Arizona, my daughter brought out the old Mad Libs thing, right? It was so fun. She went through these old Mad Libs things, and we were going around the car, and the five of us were plugging in verbs and nouns and adjectives and whatever, and, you know, my eight-year-old was coming up with all sorts of craziness, you know. 
But suddenly, you know, and it, it's sometimes a little stretch to come up with it, you know. <laughs> but just those verbs. And what are the verbs that represent, you know, your life? And, and you know, we kind of can have a laugh at it a little bit from a Mad Libs perspective. You know, what, what if we did a Mad Libs on your life, you know? But look at those words, guys, and, and just think about what you're facing today. And <laughs> have you gone past tense on some of these words? Are you just staying steady? Are you in active pursuit of those? And it requires some evaluation because the reality is none of us are hitting home runs on all these. It's, that's not what this is about, guys. It's, it's a posture of pursuit that says, I'm on my way up to the top, but the skyline looks is so vast, how in the world am I going to get there? And so what do you need to get you there? What, what, how many of us need wisdom here tonight? Right? The trick question. <laughs> the answer is always, I need more. So three suggestions on wisdom a couple of little thoughts just for you to jot down in your pursuit of wisdom. And if I could use the word counsel around that, three words of counsel that I would like you to take a, a, a sincere look at. And the first is the counsel of, frankly, your own story. What if, if you can go there with me for a moment, and Maddie was transparent enough to share a little bit of his redemptive story, as we've called it, where you're all the way down here, and God, by his grace, has saved you to move into a life sanctified. But whether it was before Christ, or as you walked with Christ, what is something from your story that you kind of would wish you could rescript. It could be in your family. It could be extended family. It could be in your business or friendships. We've all got something in our story. And I don't, I don't dig this up for the purposes of putting you back through hell again. I ask it in hindsight tonight because the counsel is that God is speaking through your story that you learn something through that, right? And so I'd invite you to go back into that hell and ask, what did I learn from that and how am I living into that wisdom today so that we don't repeat from the history and past? First counsel is the counsel of your life. The second counsel is the counsel of others in your life. Who are, who are the men that you are, want, first of all, that you respect in your life? And they, they don't even have to be here in this room, but who are just the few handful of men that you trust, who know you, know when you're blowing smoke, <laughs> the BS factor, the posing factor? Who are those men that can speak into your life that you trust their counsel, and, and what are you doing to pursue those guys? Because relationships require investment, right? And how are, you, how are you staying current with some of those guys and checking in with them 
So pursuit of the counsel of men in your life. And the third counsel is the counsel of the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you in regards of just walking daily in the counsel of the Holy Spirit? Is he your guide? Or is your devotional life and your time with God kind of summed up on the, on the throne room for five minutes in the morning reading something that will get you through the day? I'd like to invite you to look. I referenced it here, but Jeremiah 9, and if you would go with me there, to, just to put a little bit of perspective on the word wisdom. Jeremiah 9, verses 23. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord God who exercises kindness and justice and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight. So it's, it, wisdom is in balance of knowing the Lord. One of the biggest things that I hear often from men that I spend time with is they really, when they're honest, have a hard time hearing from God. They look around and, you know, this guy says this or this guy experiences this or whatever, but to be honest, I don't necessarily hear from God. And how does that work? Um, and so this is the starting point. It's just getting into the scriptures just like we're doing tonight. So... The counsel of the Holy Spirit. Is that helpful, guys? Just the pursuit of that? The pursuit of wisdom and the manner in which you're pursuing. What is the manner and what, who are the counsel and how are you pursuing um, those guys? This, uh, this morning I was on a, a coaching call with uh, Dr. John Townsend. And, um, man, I went to school uh, on his learning, but one of the scriptures that he shared this morning was out of Isaiah 50, verse 7. And his setup with this is this, out of my 20, 30 years of counseling, you know, clinically, um, you know, working with leaders, um, Townsend said, I've never seen more than today how many men just have a spirit of entitlement over that, you know, I deserve it because, well, it's me. Um, or I'm not passionate about it, so I don't have to pursue it. Or I don't necessarily, it's not on my skill set, so I don't have to do it. He's got more, more um, issues with folks that just seem to have excuses because it's a hard way. And the, the school that I went to for 90 minutes with Townsend is that he's got a new book that he's writing called The Hard Way. You know, it's going to be a real thriller. Um, but one of the scriptures that he anchored around um, his talk this morning was out of Isaiah verses, uh, 50, verse 7. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, do you believe he helps you? Yes. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. What a promise. Therefore, I have set my face like flint man and i know i will not be put 
to shame. This is a hard road that we pursue in seeking out wisdom. These action words don't always end up maybe going the way that we think they're going to go, but here it is, the promise that the Lord is going to help you, you're not going to be disgraced, and you're not going to be put to shame. And you know what? There's nothing worse for me and for many of you that literally shuts down our pursuit of anything that takes us from the most zealous climber to the biggest quitter. Anybody relate to that? But yet here it is, the charge from the scriptures out of Isaiah to set our face like flint on our pursuit of what we know that we're called and made to do, and it's in pursuit of that. So let us not be a group of men that are quitters when it gets tough, whatever that is. And I'm, I'm talking to myself. You know, I, you take the strength finders deal, anybody do one of those? A couple of you, anybody, you all heard of that? Um, strength finders is a great exercise that maybe I'll, we'll go through that as a, a fun little deal for the group of us, but it's assessment of kind of 34 action words that represent kind of you and your primary deal. Well, you know, give you guys a chance for pop shots, what mine is, but it, when I take that little assessment, my number one, my number one is activator. I'm an activator. Any surprise there? But that just means I'll charge hell with a squirt gun, usually without a plan. <laughs> and so, you know, I've got I've to learn in that. The problem is in that, as I was reflecting on this message in light of my primary strength, man, I've been active in a lot of things over the years. And I've really got myself bloodied. That even though that's a primary strength, man, I, I, I don't know if I got it anymore. Because, man, I got bloody on that one. Or, or that one cost me too much in my marriage. Or that one was too expensive to learn. I'm not going to do that one again. And so we get stalemated, don't we? And I can look at my bank account and and understand why. Or I can look at the withdrawal that in the eyes of my kids when I'm off doing something else because it's requiring time and whatever. We can all relate to that. And so this, this is where reality hits. But yet, guys, wherever you're at tonight, every one of us have the temptation to be quitters. And I would just encourage you in light of Proverbs 1, in the fear of the Lord, to pursue Him and to pick it back up again, less about the what you're pursuing and less even maybe even about the why. But I would charge you men about the character of how. How are you pursuing And what represents the character of you men is revealed in the how. And these words may give you some language to just pray through this thing as you spend time with the Lord. So I give that to you. So the fear of the Lord, and this is what I'll close with. 
The fear of the Lord is, is, is the core of this Proverbs 1 message. Because we read through all these action words, and then it's summed up in the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if our fear is somewhere else other than the Lord, we're dead. And I am standing here tonight to confess to you that I have fear in other places than, than the Lord. And that fear is what stalemates me to what God has called and made me to do. And that's probably not unlike some of you guys. So where do you go with that? What do you do with that? But in the fear of the Lord, that in that place, you become activated in this area of faith. Where does your faith need to be fanned into flame where your trust is in the Lord? Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kind because the testing of your faith develops perseverance so that you will not lack anything. Very next idea. But if you lack anything, let him ask of God and not doubt and believe. For anyone who doubts is like a double-minded man and unstable. And he's asking for wisdom. So it's in the context of trial and perseverance that men, we are being matured and made complete. And it's in the pursuit and asking God and believing for wisdom, but we've got to have the faith to do it. And if our fear is locked up in our worry or anxiety or fretting because, man, I, I, I pursued it and I, I got knocked down and I, I got up again and uh-uh. And so we've come down off the hill of climbing and we're not even plateaued. We may be just stalemated. So I just charge you guys with that, that we're all there and that just let's, let's take up the mantle together in pursuit of the Lord and in the manner of the character of the men that God has called us to be, regardless of what we're pursuing. Now, I come in strong tonight on this because there is a message that I want you to see in video that will really tell us the why we need to be these kind of men. So here, let's watch together. Just put it on mute and let it stream, and then we'll pick it up when it's ready. So one of the tools I wanted to give you guys tonight is a friend of mine that's just been a key guy in my life for a number of years now. He's out of Atlanta. He actually helped Andy Stanley start uh, North Point. But Boyd Bailey um, is a guy who literally has been hard pursuit of wisdom for many years. And it is uh, his book is... Uh, or his ministry is Wisdom Hunters. And so this is a daily devotional, which obviously is hard copy. And, you know, he's got a daily devotional that you guys can look up. Just called Wisdom Hunters, and you can pull it up, and you can get it on your phone. Uh, and it comes in daily, and it's a short read. Um, but it is, man, it's, it's really working man's wisdom for, for someone looking for that kind of a tool. And so... Um, so he's kind of a mentor and, and coach for me, and it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a joy um, 
just to to look at that and learn. Um, you know, guys, one of those things uh, for me, and I've shared this with a couple of you guys, and, and I'm in a journey for this, so I'm I'm taking the slow, long road. But you know, I I kind of stumbled over it for a while, but um, you know, I'm in pursuit of it, and I committed to a group of guys a few weeks ago that um, I would actually sit down and commit by my birthday on July 8th that I would I would get a um, here I am saying it to you, but this is this is my pursuit, um, and it's really more about the journey than it is the goal. But um, it's to put together 90 days of devotionals from the Proverbs. And honestly, I didn't know how many I'd already written, but when I put it together last week, I've got 40 plus, and I've got till July, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay at it. And uh, I don't know who will read it, and I don't really care. But this is what I'm supposed to be about, and um, and I'm you know I'm learning through it, and you know, and part of that is a little bit of the vision beyond that because there are times when I get something on my phone from Boyd that he wrote ten years ago, or another friend of mine that wrote a devotional, Dave Jewett, that I know he wrote his fifteen years ago, but by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. It nails me right where I am today. And so, you know, 20 years from now, maybe the Holy Spirit will use this. And so I just want to be faithful to quietly continue writing some of these things like I shared with you guys tonight. And and trust God with that, but it's in the pursuit of that where I've stumbled and fall along the way because of distractions, because of whatever and, you know, and it's a simple pursuit. It sounds like a simple thing, but it is a huge hill for me to climb. And I'm just committed to get there. You know, so for, for you guys, you know, what is that? What is that pursuit that, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your job, but it could be financial. Again, it's, it's really about less about the what, even though that's important. But it's a matter of how that you are doing that. And, you know, tonight is a good night to talk about that and share that with you guys. And, and I would encourage you to, if, you, if you're up for it, to share about maybe that point where you did stumble or you did quit. And then let the guy celebrate with you when you got moving again and, and you started climbing that hill. And because that's really where we're all at, and we all have seasons of that, don't we? So let's watch Francis Chan and be challenged. Off the team, whatever, you know, just there's so much instability, so much that we don't understand, that, that we don't know. For me, growing up, it was, uh, a lot of you guys know, my mom died giving birth to me. Then my dad remarried. Then my stepmom died in a car accident when I was nine. Then my dad got married again. Then my dad died of cancer when I was 12. And so I'm in junior high. My mom's dead. My stepmom's dead. My dad's dead. The only close relatives I had were my, my aunt and uncle, George and Sandra. And then when I was in high school, they got in a fight. And my uncle George shot and killed my aunt. And then stuck the gun to his own head killed himself. 
So I'm 16 years old, and this is life to me, going, man, what's next? Everything seems to be falling apart, and we get a little worried, we get a little scared. And this is what Christians do, you know, they try to serve God, but then things get a little rocky, and things get a little unstable. And so we go, okay, that was nuts, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to live like that, let me, uh, let me hold on. And this is your routine. This is what so many people do, they go, you know what, I'm not going to try anything crazy. I'm just going to sit here, and uh, I'm just going to hold on, and uh, this is what you look like. You just go, uh, this is what people do. You know what, I'm just going to have my nice little family, we're just going to, um, you know, we're just going to keep to ourselves, we're going to live in a gated community, I'm going to homeschool my kids, make them wear helmets everywhere, I'm going to... Um, you know, I'm not going to let him outside because son has bad rays. I'm going to, um, you know, just on and on and on. And you just live your life in the safety of, I don't want to do anything crazy for God. I just, I just want to, you know, go to church on Sundays and maybe give like 2% um, and uh, maybe serve, help the nursery because I feel guilty. And then you do this your whole life. And then you, you go, your greatest prayer is like, God, you know what? I would love to die in my sleep and not even feel it and then just go up to heaven. And so you want to die like this, just in your sleep, ooh, right in the middle of a dream, good dream, the dream you're going to heaven and you don't even feel it. And then suddenly you wake up, you stand before the judge and you go. (laughs) Now, if... uh, Could you imagine... Could you imagine watching the Olympics, you know? And some girl does that, just gets up there, starts straddling the thing, and then steps off and goes... What is the judge supposed to do on the card? You see, and to me, I go, man, that's the routine that so many Christians are headed for. That's the routine, the boring, I do nothing crazy because I don't want to fall. That's the routine that they're going to live, and then one day it's going to be a shock because they're going to step off that balance beam and realize they're standing before the judge. They're standing before the judge, and you think he's going to look at that routine and go, Wow, well done. Well done. You live the safest life possible... You didn't slip. You didn't fall. See, that's not the life that God's called us to. That's where the majority will head. But I don't want to go where the majority goes. How about them apples? You know, one of the reasons why we do the tool the way we do it is the, is the struggle and the stretch and the strength. The strength, guys, is the issue of stewardship. That as I listen to this and as I look around the room, there are, there are ten talent guys here in this room. And what are you doing to steward that talent, not for your benefit primarily, but for the benefit of others and the benefit of building the kingdom? This is what we're called to, and this is what we're designed for and made for, not just existing to to finish our to-do list for the day, though that's important. What is, what is, how are you stewarding your pursuit of God and his call on your life 
Because this is coming, guys. The well done. So, Russell the encourager and exhorter. Thanks, guys, for letting me share my heart tonight. So, the activator. (laughs) Father, thank you for just the vision casted in your word that we're all in pursuit of a day, one day, that we will hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. And thank you, Lord, that we, um, we're safe in our salvation, we're secure in our sonship, and we do have a hope that will never disappoint, disappoint found in Jesus Christ. This, this is less about a performance and a to-do list tonight, but more just a holy pursuit of you, God. And I just pray a commissioning over these men that wherever they have stumbled or fallen or they're hurting tonight, I ask for your Holy Spirit to do what only you can do of just a restoration work in their lives to rebuild these guys from the inside out that they can step back into a holy pursuit of you and and, uh, the call that you've put on their lives. Thank you for these men. I just pray your encouragement and your blessing on them tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.